بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على أشرف الأنبياء المرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا عما بعد الحمد لله we've reached now حديث الثاني عشر حديث يعني twelve from this collection of أحاديث by Sheikh Rabi' Ibn Hadi al-Madkhali Hafidahullah Ta'ala regarding Aqeedah wa Atiba' Sunnah yani the following of the Sunnah and this hadith here is a hadith of Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal ma min nabiyin ba'athahullah fi ummatin qabli illa kana lahu min ummatihi min ummatihi Hawariyun wa ashab يأخذون بسنته ويقتدون بأمره ثم إنها تخلف من بعدهم خلوف يقولون ما لا يفعلون ويفعلون ما لا يؤمرون فمن جاهدهم بيدي فهو مؤمن ومن جاهدهم باللسان فهو مؤمن ومن جاهدهم بقلبه فهو مؤمن وليس وراء ليس وراء ذلك من الإيمان حبط الخردل a narration of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud mentions that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that there was not a prophet that Allah has sent from the Ummah before me except that from amongst their nations they had companions and followers. They would take their sunnah, take their ways, and their, the, the path that they were upon, adhere to their commands. And thereafter, there were individuals that were newly event affairs that came after them. They would, they would say that which they would do, that, that which they did not do, and they would do that which we were not commanded with. So whoever fights against him or strives against him with their hand, then he is a believer. Whoever fights and strives against him with the tongue, then they are a believer. And whoever fights against and strives against them with the heart, then they are a believer. And there's nothing after that from the value of a mustard seed's worth of iman. And so this hadith, it is taqreej, is found in Sahih Muslim. And... Musnad Imam Ahmed. As for the narrator of the hadith, the narrator of the hadith is Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiallahu anhu, and his tarjama as we mentioned previously. Now, his, uh, his biography was mentioned previously, the, the hadith number five. As for the wordings found in this narration, then you have from the wordings al Hawariyun. And these are the individuals that adhere to the way of their prophets, their respective prophets, and follow their respective prophets. And as mentioned, they refer to as well at times as Ansar, and also referred to as Mujahidun. So referred to as Ansar due to the fact that by what is known from their actions that they came to aid their respective prophets. 
They came to the aid of their respective prophet. Or they're known as Mujahidun because they strove in the way of jihad, yani, in order to adhere to that which the prophet was calling to. Thereafter, it mentions the word takhluf. Mentions the word takhluf, yani, that the people come and newly invent affairs. And the khuluf, those, event, those in, individuals referred to as the khuluf, then they are the individuals man khalafa Those individuals that oppose the truth يعني, by way of evil. And so this narration here, Barakallahu Fikum, at the beginning of the narration, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam informs us of the sunnah of the prophets and messengers that have proceeded. Likewise, that they had individuals from the Hawariyin and Ashab that sought to adhere to the Lord, to the light of their Nabuwa, the light of their prophecy. So you had... Yani prophets and messages. This is what we know. Prophets and messages have been sent to every nation. And prophets and messages, some of these prophets and messages had followers that sought to cling to what they were upon. I aid what they were upon. Aid their da'wah. Aid their call to Islam. And with that, there were individuals that came after them that newly invented affairs. I sought to change that call of the prophet of the, of the prophets that I preceded. And so the followers, no doubt, are been mentioned in this narration. Allah watch in a manner of praise and how they adhere to that way of their of their respective prophets. And how they were upright in that in that regard. And then you have the mention of these generations that come after them. And that the generations that come after are mentioned in the manner or in the manner that they mentioned is a manner of them being يعني, blameworthy. Due to the fact that the shaitan has led them astray and led them away from the manahij of their anbiya. Led them away from the manahij, led them away from the methodologies of their prophets. And Shaykh Rabi mentions, here Shaykh Rabi mentions, يَدَّعُونَ بِأَقْوَالِهِمْ أَنَّهُمْ عَلَىٰ نَهَجِ الْأَنْبِيَا However, these, in, these, these individuals, even though they've come after these prophets, and they've opposed the prophets now that they have come after. Yet they claim now by way of their speech that they are upon the methodology of the prophets. Now, so it's not a case of they just merely oppose the, 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 the prophets and leave it at that. But they oppose the prophets, however, they have that claim that they are upon their, their methodology and upon their way. Rather, what they are upon are innovations. 
and upon Manahij al Batila, upon methodologies which are false. And they fall into munkarat wal ma'asi. They fall into evil disobedience. And this evil disobedience, as the Shaykh mentions, ma yaj'alahum ab'ad al-nas al-diyan al-anbiya'in. These evil, these evil actions that they fall into. Remember, whilst they claim that they are, they are upon the way of their prophets and messengers, these evil actions in reality make them from those that are the furthest away in terms of the religiousness from that of the, the Anbiya, from that of the prophets. Where And they live. The Sheikh used the word here, they live. I, the, the way of their life, their way of life, their lifestyle, is one of tanakut, one of contradiction. It's a contradiction a con- and a clear contradiction between their aqwal, their speech, and their a'mal, their actions. So their speech, by way of their speech, they say one thing. Now their speech is that we are with the prophets and the messengers. Whilst their actions say another. Now their actions are indicative of the fact that they are the furthest of individuals. From the way of the of the Arabi, of the Anbiya of Mursaleen. and Sheikh goes on to mention, "وَيَبْقَى فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ عُلَمَاءٌ مُخْلِصُونَ أُوْفِيَاءٌ لِدِينِهِمْ يُجَاهِدُونَ وَيَنَادِلُونَ الْتَعَالِيمَ الْعَمِيَاءِهِمْ." And then within every ummah, there remains ulama. Now, every ummah there remains those scholars, those people of knowledge, I true knowledge, sound knowledge, knowledge of the truth. Now, those individuals that seek to protect the deed that the Ambiya came with. And they strive and they fight in that way in order to teach, in order to preserve the teachings of the Ambiya. Now, Kullu ala hasab taqati. ومنزلتي من الإيمان فمجاهد باللسان ومجاهد باليد ومجاهد بالقلب وذلك عضعف الإيمان وليس ورضاء وراء ذلك وراء شيء من الإيمان and so when it comes to this, these individuals then كل على حسب طاقتي so we have these ulama these people of knowledge that strive these individuals that strive to adhere and to preserve the teachings of those Ambiya. However, the manner in which they preserve that is dependent upon his taqa, dependent upon his ability. Now, not everyone's going to be upon the same manzila. Not everyone's going to be upon that same level. So it's dependent upon his ability and also dependent upon his manzila in iman, at the level of his iman. And so, if now, when it comes to this affair of the mujahid, the one that strives in teaching the teachers of the Anbiya, the teachers of the prophets, then you have those that will strive to preserve that way by way of their tongue, those that will strive to preserve that way by way of their hand, and those that will preserve the way by way of their heart, and this is the least of them. And there's nothing from Iman after that. And so, 
As for the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, fiha ma waqa'a fi al-Ummah al-Musabiqa. What occurs with the Ummah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam occurred with the nations that preceded as well. Naam. So when we have the nation, what occurs within these nations from the generation that come after that oppose the teaching of the Anbiya, Again, this is the case with the Qur'an of the generations that, that come after the, uh, naam, the, 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 the generations of the, the Prophet Wasallam. And so, we understand that with this, even though these generations come after and they have innovations and they newly event affairs to the extent, as you mentioned, that they become Abad and Nas and the Sunnah. Now, they come from the most, the, the people that are the most uh, deviated and furthest away from the Sunnah of the Prophet. Why? Because their bid'ah leads them to shirk. No doubt it's the furthest away from what the BLA slaps I'm called to, for example. And so, even though you have individuals that fall into these things, and they live in that tanakut, they live within that contradiction, where they say that we are upon the way of the Prophet However, their actions show that they are, they've opposed and they've, they've left, they've abandoned the sunnah. Even though that's the case, you still have a group that remains firm and steadfast upon the truth. This is how the group that remains firm and steadfast upon the truth. As... Now, as the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions in a hadith found in Sahih Muslim, where he states, لا تزال طائفة من أمتي على الحق ظاهرين لا يدرهم من قضرهم ولا من خالفهم حتى تكون سعى And so, the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam mentions, they will not cease to be a group from my ummah Clear and manifest upon the truth. They'll not be harmed by those that seek to betray them, nor those who oppose them, until the actor hour is established. And so, this group will not cease to be in existence. As the Messenger of Allah informed us, this group will not cease to be in existence. They will not cease to call to the truth. And invite people to the truth. And invite people to khayr, that which is good. And enjoy the good and forbid the evil. I seek to remove innovations and doubts from the hearts. And so, it's upon the mu'min to be firm upon that truth. To be firm upon that truth. And be firm on the akhirah that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, came with. Be firm upon the ibadat, the worship that he alayhi salatu wasalam informed us of. To be firm upon the akhlaq, the dealings, and the mannerisms that he came with. Alayhi salatu wasalam. Wa alayhi al-akhf bi sunnat al-nabihi wa al-iqtidab amrihi and so upon him 
is to take the sunnah and I adhere to the sunnah adhere to those commands found within the sunnah whilst leaving off affairs of his desires as well as disobedience and innovations whilst he his dawah his call is one to the truth and he strives in a manner that he's able to يعني, to aid that truth this hadith here is one that also is similar to the narration in which the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions Whoever from you sees an evil, whoever from you sees an evil, let him change it with his hand. If he's not able, then with his tongue. If he's not able, then let him hate it in his heart. And this is the weakest form of Iman. And so, this affair of striving and aiding the truth, joining the good and forbidding the evil, is a asul min asuli dinina. It's a foundation from the foundations of our deen. This narration here, is referring to يعني, opposing the people of innovation. Opposition to the people of innovation. And that you must oppose them with your hand if you're able to. I stop them from their actions of innovation. Or oppose them with the tongue if you're able to. And at the very least, then you oppose them with the heart. Right? That which you hold within your heart is that you, you have disdain. And you reject that which they are upon. And... This narration mentions, I listen from our Iman. And from our Iman is that we, we adhere to this. And so when it comes to the affair of the people of innovation and our dealing with the people of innovation and our dealing with, with their innovation itself, then it's one where it's not just a case that we reject it now because it's not the same as what we're upon, but we reject it because it's from our Iman to do that as well. It's from our faith and for what we believe to do that. Allah Ta'ala knows best. As for what is mentioned from the benefits of this narration, then the first benefit here mentioned by Sheikh Rabir is that the Anbiya, the Prophets, they came with legislation and guidance. Yeah, it's their sunan their ways and their paths as a means of guidance for the people. The legislation that all the Abiyah came with was a means of guidance for the people. Likewise, the second benefit mentioned here is the Fadila wa Mazaya Fadila wa Mazaya to Ashab al-Anbiyah that you have great virtue and they are unique in their virtue, I, those individuals that were the companions of the Anbiya, the companions of the Prophets. So they were the ones that followed, initially followed those, those Prophets, and followed their call, and followed the way of their respective Prophets. The third benefit is that it's blameworthy, no doubt, to oppose the manhaj the methodology of the Anbiya.
And that this, no doubt, is an action where a person has newly invented and opposed the forefathers, I forefathers of Deen, they have to the opposed with evil. And there's nothing more evil than those that oppose the prophets. The fourth benefit is the blameworthy nature of the one that opposes or has tanakhud, has contradiction in their speech and their actions. The Allah Ta'ala states, كَبْرُ مَقْتًا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَنْ تَقُولُوا مَا لَا تَفْعَلُونَ The major transgression with Allah Ta'ala is that you say that which you do not do. And this is their way, and this is what's mentioned about these individuals. They say that which they did not do. Their statements were one of يعني اِتِّبَعَ Their statements were statements of اِتِّبَعَ Statements of following their the respective prophets. However, their actions were actions of innovation and newly invented affairs and opposing their prophets. The fifth, the fifth benefit is that this is the blameworthy nature, nature Afwan. This narration illustrates a blameworthy nature of innovations. And what is it? As the Shaykh mentions, what are these innovations? And what are these innovations except that these are actions that Allah Ta'ala has not commanded upon the tongues of his Anbiya. A person that does an innovation, he's, done, he's doing an action that has not been commanded by any of the Anbiya. It's not come from any of the prophets. A person has come and has invented that by way of for his own self. And by way of that, by way of adhering to that, they know that he's opposed the Anbiya. And opposed what the Anbiya have called them to. Allah Ta'ala knows best. Now, and the sixth benefit we have from this narration is فِيهِ مَدْحْ أَتَّابِعِينَ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ الثَّابِتِينَ عَلَى سُنَّتِهِمْ وَالْمُتَمَسِّكِينَ بِاقْتِدَاءِ بِهِمْ And so with this is a praise this narration is a praise for those that are the followers of the prophets that are firm upon their way in their sunnah, that cling and adhere to that which they are upon. The seventh, seventh benefit is that it's a praise, a madh. It's a praise likewise for those atba again, for those followers, due to their sabr, due to the patience that they have, 
and they're striving in their jihad against those who opposed the methodology of the prophets. And the eighth benefit clarifies yani, the levels, the morality when it comes to jihad. Naam, and this is all dependent upon a person's ability, as mentioned, or their manzilatul iman, the state of their iman. And that the person may strive yani, by way of their hand to remove that harm, by way of the hand. So it's, something, it's a direct removal of the harm. However, he may not be able to do so. Now, either his iman is not at the level where it allows him to do so, or there's a genuine man, a genuine prohibited, prohibitive affair, now, or circumstance that doesn't allow him to do so with his hand. So he is able to stop it with his tongue. Naam, so they will stop it with his tongue. Some of them, they mention as well, in relation to this narration, whoever sees an evil from you, they let him change it with his hand. If he's not able then with his tongue, if he's not able with his, if they let him hate it in his heart. They mention that when it comes to changing of the hand, sometimes the changing of the hand is dependent upon the menzilla, the status a person has within society. And so, the change of the hand may be something that is only reserved for the wali al-amr, for the, 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 the ruler. And it's only the ruler that can change something directly with the hand, for example. Or the na'ib, the one that the ruler has given, yani responsibility to fulfill certain actions. And so if he's not able to do that, then he may be able to stop it with his tongue. Naam. And if he's not able to stop it with his tongue, then that lowest level of that jihad and the lowest level of that, yani, uh, munkar, removing the harm and forbidding the evil, is to hate it within the heart. For indeed, the person, no doubt, upon them is to hate the evil in the heart. From, from our iman, is not only the thing, the fact that we love that which Allah Ta'ala loves, but we also hate that which Allah Ta'ala hates from evil actions. And so, it's not, it cannot be that a person has sound iman and he loves actions of ma'asi. He has love for actions of ma'asi. Rather, he has to have hatred for that. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. And the final benefit is that we understand from this narration that iman yatafawat. That iman is of different levels. And we understand that from this narration due to the fact that it may be dependent upon the level of a person's iman and what he can do in relation to striving against these people of innovation. And it can be dependent upon a person's iman. So it's not a case that everyone's iman will be on one level and the same level. It may differ. And likewise as well, iman could get forward in the shakhs wahid. It could be a case that the iman can increase and decrease within one person as well. So if Iman can increase and decrease with one individual, now because the Iman increases, now when it comes to your obedience to Allah, and Iman decreases when it comes to your disobedience. So if Iman can increase and decrease within one individual, 
There's no doubt when it comes to individuals, yani, each individual person, it's not going to be the same as they're not going to be upon one level. And so depending upon what that level of iman is will, uh, will be the reason behind what they can do in order, in order to prevent that evil. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. Alhamdulillah, that concludes that narration, really, the, the 12th narration. After that, alhamdulillah, we have Hadith Al-Hadith Al-Thalif Ashr, the 13th Hadith, which is Hadith of Tamim Al-Dari, radiallahu anhu. So the 13th Hadith is the Hadith of Tamim Al-Dari, radiallahu anhu, qal, قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أضيل النصيحة ثلاثا قل لمن قال لله والكتاب للرسول وليؤمة المسلمين وعامتهم and so تميم الداري رضي الله عنه he mentions that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he said that the religion is sincere advice he said to this three times. We said for whom? In relation to whom? He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In relation to Allah, His book, His messenger, the leaders amongst the Muslims, and the general people from amongst them. This narration, is Takhrij, where it can be found, is Sahih Muslim. Sunan Abu Dawood, Musnad Imam Ahmed, and Sunan Al Nasai. Now I'm Sahih Muslim, Sunan Abu Dawood, Musnad Imam Ahmed, and Sunan Al Nasai. As for the narrator of this hadith, the companion, is Tamim Ibn Aus Ibn Khalidah Al Dari. And he's Kunya was Abu Ruqayyah. And it was Sahabi that died in the year 40 after Hijrah. As for the Mufradat of the Hadith, and the general words of the Hadith, and this is referred to as what? If I remember. We said the general words of the Hadith, what's it called? It known as begins with a uh, vine. Which can be next letter as well. Ra. Gharib al Hadith. No. So it's a science, when we mentioned it's a science in and of itself. And what it said, what is Gharib al Hadith? When we say this is Gharib al Hadith. Now, so we have word, words or phrases that may be, need to be explained in the context of the hadith itself. So you have a word, for example, an Arabic word, and it have, may have one particular meaning. However, in the context of a hadith, it may have another meaning. Now, as this is gharib al-hadith, understanding the, the meaning of the, of the words in relation to the context of the narration itself. Now, and so when reading through books of explanation of hadith, 
generally you'll find that there's a, a section of the explanation where that muhaddith um, or sheikh will explain the meaning of the words that on all the phrases in context of the hadith itself. A lot of animals best. And so, as for this narration, then from the words found, the first word mentions ad-deen. And ad-deen here is referring to the Islam. Al-Islam, kulluhu. The Islam in totality. And so, the reason why it mentions ad-deen يعني the deen إذ مدار الإسلام على هذا الحديث يعني the Islam in totality revolves around this hadith نعم you can, this hadith is uh, one which is as mentioned is from the جوامع الكلم النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام جوامع الكلم meaning from the comprehensive speech of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم comprehensive speech meaning what إخوة you understand No, so it's, it's it's short in terms of it's it's uh, in terms of the actual quantity of words used. Then there's, there's only a few kalimats used. However, that which is found within those words are is are great amounts of meanings and ahkam. And so, when the Nabi sallallahu alaihi mentions here al-din al-nasiha, naam, and then he mentions yeah, he goes on to describe these affairs from being from al-din al-nasiha. Then it's one which is comprehensive to the extent that Ahmed mentioned that within this, within these things that are mentioned by the Prophet is comprehensive of the deen itself. And Ahmed some of the scholars they mentioned to the extent that if a person does not adhere to this nasiha, then the person cannot be truly adhere to Islam. Because what is found within these narrations are specific. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. Now, and so, here it mentions the word of Nasiha, and it's what is understood, no doubt, to be a kalima that brings about islah, a rectifying word. And the imma of the Muslimin are the leaders of the Muslimin. This, cannot, this doesn't just mean the Umara, either the rulers, of course it is inclusive of the rulers, but also the ulama as well, and the scholars, and the khulafa. Wa'amatihim, and the general people of amongst them, is all the rest of the Muslims. And so it's nasiha for everyone. And this sincere advice is inclusive of everyone. Within this narration, and the general meaning of this hadith, within this narration, the message of Allah sallallahu mentions specific affairs in which Islam revolves around and that a person must adhere to, yani, sincerely. And that the person must adhere to sincerely and this is from the nasiha, was the first of the nasiha. And so, from this affair of nasiha, the first thing mentioned is a nasiha lillah. It's sincere advice and in relation to their Lord. What is understood by way of that is that a person has the correct creed 
and the correct iman in relation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that his iman, that which he believes in relation to his Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala, is in accordance of that which is found in the book and the sunnah. By way of his asma'u sifat. Naam, that the, per, that the person, when it comes to the ma'rifah of Allah, knowing Allah, and knowing the lordship of Allah, knowing Allah Ta'ala is the Rabbul Alameen, and adhering to the asma'u sifat, he adheres to the asma'u sifat, the names and attributes of Allah, in a manner which is in accordance with the book of Allah and the sunnah of the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Where Allah Ta'ala has mentioned anything from his names or his attributes, then the person adheres to that. And he doesn't adhere to it with any tashbih, or ta'atil, or tahrif, or tanfil. Now the person doesn't have any, any form of comparison. He doesn't compare these names and attributes that Allah Ta'ala has to the creation. Nor does he negate them. Now, nor does he seek to distort them or change them. Now, nor does he liken it to anything. The person adheres to these names and attributes as he's been informed. And upon the qaida which Allah Ta'ala states, Laysa kamiflihi shayt, huwa sami' al-basir. There's nothing like unto him. There's nothing like Allah Ta'ala. Naam, and he is the all-hearing, all-seeing. And so, along with that, nasiha lillah is that the person singles out Allah Ta'ala alone for his ibadah. They worship only Allah and it negates any form of partner along with Allah. And he adheres to the obedience and stays away from the disobedience. He loves for the sake of Allah. And he hates for his sake. And so whoever Naam, and he has love for the one that obeys Allah and has hatred for the one that disobeys. And he strives and fights against the one who disbelieves in Allah Ta'ala. And he's an individual that acknowledges and agrees and has shukr, has gratitude for the blessings of his Lord. And of course, this, this gratitude occurs by way of his ibadah, his worship. They worship his, his Lord upon ikhlas. He's sincere in his worship. And so all of this is comprehensive when it comes to nasiha lillah. Amma nasiha kitab. As for the second thing mentioned in this narration, which is nasiha, sincere advice relation to the book of Allah. Then the first thing is that the person has the correct creed, has the correct belief when it comes to the book of Allah. And that correct creed is that he believes that the, the book of Allah, the Qur'an, is the kalam of Allah, ghayn makhluk. It's the speech of Allah and it's not created. The speech of Allah is not created. And it's not from any fool that has come by way of it. No fools has come by way of it. And that even if you found that the jinn and the ins, like the jinn, and mankind came together are united they would not be able to bring anything like it now to the extent they would not be able to bring a sword up yeah, a chapter like it 
And this is not see Halil Kitab, okay, the correct creed, first and foremost. Likewise, that the person, he recites from the book. I gives it his due right to reciting from it. And recites from it with humility. And is attentive when reciting. And establishing everything with his particular rights, with his correct rights, every letter, and every halakha with his correct rights. Seeking as well to understand it. I understand from the tafasir and explanation of it. Pondering upon it. Pondering upon the ahkam, the rulings found within the book of Allah. Pondering upon the asbab al nuzul, why some of the ayat have been revealed. All of this is nasih al kitab. And it's not a case that the person, for example, he, give, he may read part of it and leave it. Or he reads it just, to, just so, so he can say he can finish a page, for example. No, rather the person reads and he ponders upon those ayat. And it's, a, it's an affair which is established within his heart that this is a, this is, these are the ayat from his Lord Azawajal. And he ponders upon them. And what it means by way of lessons. And what he can take heed of by, from it. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. Thereafter, the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, he mentions a nasiha lil-rasul. Sincere advice in relation to the messenger. And this is that the person, he believes in him, alayhi salatu wasalam. He believes in his message. And he obeys him. He obeys the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa in that which he has commanded with. And he seeks to bring about aid for him. I aid the Nabi, alayhi salatu wa in his life. I have the companions that were with him, sought to seeking to aid the Prophet, sallallahu As well as aid for him in his death. And they raise him. In the manner that is befitting of him. And they love him more than they love anyone else from amongst mankind. And they seek to hold onto that which is upon. And they seek to adorn themselves with the mannerisms that he had for himself, sallallahu alayhi wa And likewise, they leave off innovation. And innovating in that which he came in in, the, in his sunnah, and that which he came with by way of deen. This is the one that is truly seeking to have ya nasiha lil rasul. Within the narration as well, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentions a nasiha muslimin for the leaders amongst the Muslims, and this was mentioned previously in the in the previous narrations, I in the manner. In which a person advises those that are in rulership. And that the person advises them, takes them by the hand. And advises them if he has the opportunity to advise them. If he's in the position to advise them. And advice for the rulers is not now where a person feels like he must go out in the streets and protest and the likes of this. But there's no doubt, it's not the way of the companions. The Prophet the companions, the Tabi'in, Atma'atabi'in. Now, no one was upon this way. Anyone had agreements, did not go out and say that we need to protest and we need to tell the people how we feel. No, rather, 
If a person really wants islah, really wants rectification of the rulers, then if he's in a position to, to advise, he takes them aside and advises them. Or he asks the one that can advise him to advise. And before all of that, he makes dua for them. Naam, he supplicates for them. For their upright nature. Because if that ruler is upright, then this will become reflect this will be reflected in the general sha'ab, the general people. If that ruler is upright, then he will lead them upon that which is khayr. And Allah Ta'ala's best. And thereafter I mentioned, finally I turned on Nasiha, yani the advice to the general Muslim. And the one that's not regarded being from amongst the leaders. And so this is an affair of directing them towards that which is for the masalih. Directing them in, in, a, in order, yani, or directed towards something that is for their benefit. And that benefits their akhirah. That benefits their dunya. And removal of heart or, or the, an action that may prevent a harm coming to them. And so you call them to that which is good for them. And encourage them with speech and actions. And enjoying the good and forbid the evil with them, uh, for them. You enjoy the good and forbid the evil. In a manner of rifq and ikhlas. You join the good, you forbid the evil with rifq. You have gentleness, ikhlas, sincerity. You join the, 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 the good and you forbid the evil by a way of satra auratum. They are concealing their faults. And that you remove and you block off anything from their deficiencies. This is nasiha for the general Muslim. You help to repel any harms that come, by, that come their way by way of evil. And be a means of bringing about manafit, benefit. For the good, for their good. And this is the manner in which a person enjoys the good, forbids the evil. And so the Shaykh he mentions, Barakalafiku, going back, he mentions Berifq, mentions with yani gentleness. The Shaykh he mentions, in other places as well, Shaykh Rabia, Hafidahullah, he mentions that when it comes to the asl of da'wah, the foundation in da'wah is yani rifq. The foundation in da'wah is that the person is gentle, walayin, soft. This is how da'wah begins. And this is the best way to give da'wah. It doesn't now negate the fact, na'am, that no doubt there may be a need, there may be a time rather, for shidda. There may be a time for additional harshness. However, the da'wah does not begin with harshness. The da'wah begins with rift. The da'wah begins with that gentleness. For no doubt, when a person is giving da'wah, the person is calling to the haqq and is inviting people to the truth. The hadith, the hadith, of course, is that the person accepts that truth. So you want to present it to them in the best way possible. You want to present it to them in a way where they will be more likely and more inclined to accept it. Example we mentioned many times is that if you were to say to someone, go and pray, 
You slap them around the back of the head. Tell them, go and pray. It's still obligatory for them to pray. However, the slap around the head is usually going to be a means of taking them further away from the action. But if you take them to the side and you sit them down and you explain to them the salah and you explain to them you know, the ahkam of the salah and the fadl of the salah and the evil of the one that leaves off the salah, which person is more likely to accept? Except it's going to be called to be the second. And so this is why the Shaykh mentioned this affair of enjoying the good of the evil. Yani the rift, yani with gentleness. Allah Ta'ala knows best. And from the benefits of this particular narration, Shaykh Rabi'ah mentioned, Hafidhullah, the Nasiha, the advice, sincere advice to send Madina with Islam. Yani sincere advice. Here is referred to as Deen and Islam. I it's sincere advice, Deen, Islam, they're all synonymous, they're all one and the same. Naam, they're not there's no difference between them. Just as you say the Deen and Islam is exactly the same, and Nasiha, sincere advice is exactly the same as well. Because it's a listeration. The second benefit we take from this as well is that. The deen is an affair that occurs in our actions just as it occurs in our speech. So, in order for a person to be upright in deen, then it requires action. And a person cannot just merely suffice upon speech. The third benefit we could take is that there's no deen for the one that does not have sincere advice in relation to, his, to Allah, his Lord, his book, his, his messenger. These are the Muslims and the general people amongst them. Rather, if the person does not have this sincere nasiha, then this is, refer, this is regarded as being a degree of ghish, cheating. When ghashahum fi shayin min dharik falaysa minhum. Whoever betrays them and whoever cheats them is something from that. It's not from them. And the fourth and final benefit that Shaykh Rabbi mentions is the obligation of nasiha. That this, uh, this hadith illustrates the obligation of sincere advice in all of the things that have been mentioned. In all the things that have been mentioned. Allah, His book, His messenger, leads on the Muslims, the journal Muslims. And all of this <coughs> occurs depending upon his ability and depending upon يعني, his makana, يعني, his status and what, and what he's able to establish from this sincere advice. And alhamdulillah, that concludes the explanation of that hadith. Allah ta'ala a'lam barakallahu feekum wa jazakullah khayra wa naktafi bihad al-qadr وصلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم نعم نعم آية نعم
uh, or is it, in terms of understanding, is it, is it a correct understanding? Sorry. Uh, what a person, a person, no doubt, he, as is mentioned in the Falafta Usul, Sheikh al Islam Muhammad Abdul Wahab, he mentions the four things. Naam. And he mentions al Tartib, mentions them in order. And they should occur in that order. Naam. That the person seeks it, he acts upon it, he calls to it. And then he has sabr upon, upon that call. And it should be done in that order. So now, if a person, for example, he, he doesn't do the action, but he calls the person to it, now, no doubt it's blameworthy because he hasn't done the action. But it does not negate the fact that what he's saying is the truth. So if now he's calling someone and he's warning someone against an evil, but he may be falling into that evil himself, he's blameworthy for falling into that evil. But it does not now mean that the person has a sabil, has a path, in order to continue upon that evil, based upon the one that's advising them. Naam. If, the, if it's established that this action is an evil, and this action is one of, of disobedience, then he leaves it off. So the person establishes, establishes it for him with proof. Naam. The person, for example, fasik, is a fasik, let's say. But he's saying, don't fall into this fisk. But he's a fasik himself. Toim. Does it now say that we reject it if a person comes to us with that news? No. Allah Ta'ala informs us. If all you believe, if a fasik or a wrongdoer comes to you with news, then clarify. Verify. It doesn't say reject it. So, if a person now has come to you with something from Deen and is joining the good of forbidden the evil, something from Deen, then at the very least the person must verify it. Of course, okay, verify it. But if now if it's if it's diamond, this is something that you have to do or something you have to leave off, then you cannot now use the fact that it came to you this, by the sabil of this individual, now nah, by way of this one that is that is a wrongdoer to say that because he's in the wrong for doing the action. That now I'm going to carry on doing it. Naam. <coughs> yes, so in relation to the ayah, he could be from those that fall into the wa'id of the ayah, the threat of the ayah himself. However, the fact that he's, he's enjoying that good and forbid the evil, and for the fact that he's made uh, tabligh, he's, 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 uh, he's conveyed that particular hukum, let's say, does not now allow the person to reject it. Naam. Allah Ta'ala knows best. Barakallah fikum. No. Yeah. Not necessarily that, because with that is, uh, we understand that the Wa'id is referring to anything that is from uh, even uh, the person leaving off the wajibat or falling into the muharramat. If you say, for example, if you advise someone to um, pray to hajjud, which is from the mustahabbat, then no doubt, of course, it's after that you'll be doing it yourself. But it doesn't mean now that the person is uh, is going to fall into that way, that particular threat. Allah Ta'ala knows best. However, at the same time, a person needs to uh, really assess himself and the condition of himself and his heart 
even if he's calling the people to those that those, those offences that must have, but he's not doing it himself. Naam, then he should really assess himself and ask himself what is what is his condition. The fact that he recognizes the good within it to the extent that he's telling others others about it. But the question is, how much does he recognize the good in it? Because if he really, truly recognizes the good in it, he'll do it himself as well. So at that point, a person really needs to assess his own condition. Where if he sees that I'm telling people to fast Mondays and Thursdays, I don't fast Mondays and Thursdays. I'm telling people to stand in the middle of the night, I don't stand in the middle of the night. He's telling people, he's telling people to give in charity whenever you, give in, whenever you can, but he never gives in charity. So he recognizes the good, but he doesn't do it himself. Then he has to ask himself, why is he not doing it himself? What is it that is the, the preventative factor to do it himself? Because no doubt, it can't be that it's the affair of jahl. Now, it can't be ignorance because he's telling others about it. So it's not a jahl. So then a person really should assess themselves and assess the affair of their hearts and bring themselves to account and ask themselves why they're not doing these things themselves. But not, it wouldn't necessarily mean that he's falling into that affair.